Hi, welcome to Tube to Table, the podcast about helping tube-fed kids become happy and healthy eaters. Every week, we will dive into the basics of tube weaning to help unravel the conflicting information families get from doctors, therapists, friends, and family. I'm Jenny, a feeding therapist, mom, and food lover. And I'm Heidi. I'm also a feeding therapist, and I love sharing meals with friends and family and helping kids learn to eat. Come with us as we share practical tips and provide real-world expert advice so that parents can help their little ones start their journey from feeding tube to family table. Hello, and welcome to Tube to Table. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about reframing the experience that you and your child have when they refuse to eat. (laughs) I'm Jenny, and I'm joined by Heidi again. Hi, Heidi. How are you? Hi, Jenny. We're good. We're good. We're hanging in there. Yeah, so are we. And we, um, Heidi and I, are um, so happy to have like a, just wrapped up another huge <laughs> kind of uh, season, if you will, of new podcast episodes. And we're going to be taking about a month off and um, a month to two months off to get jump started into the summer and get caught up from all the work that <laughs> we weren't able to do from quarantine. So in the meantime, we'll be kind of thinking up and cooking up some ideas for you guys. So this will be our last episode for a little bit. But if you have ideas for new episodes, let us know. And we already are cooking some. So we will be excited to be back with another um, several new episodes. So this topic is near and dear to both Heidi and I's heart because it's something that comes up almost universally during the weaning process. Um, I I should know it also comes up before, (laughs) during, and after. It's one of those things that... I find as a mom to a child that doesn't have a tube is a really good, helpful thing to consider. And that is what do you do and how do you think about it when your child refuses to eat? And the first kind of groundwork that we like to lay is that refusal isn't just part of it. It's a necessary part of child development. Refusing foods is a natural way that kids learn to have a healthy relationship with foods. When they know people aren't going to push them or force them or coerce them, when they know that their voice can be heard, they tend to feel more comfortable and have more agency over their own bodies. So it's not something that, I think we often hear people talking about it like it's a bad thing. And of course, it doesn't feel good when you're trying to get your kid to eat and off their tube. We understand that. But just remembering that the refusal itself is developmentally really very appropriate. Stage. Yeah, it's a stage. It is a stage. It's not something that's, I mean, not to say that there's not kids out there, but it's, I I don't know any kids that don't refuse foods, some, most of the time. So the other thing um, that we like to really help parents about is, first of all, just setting the stage for the weaning process, Um, leading up to the wean in preparation, no matter how much work you're doing on making mealtimes responsive in those lower levels of our kind of treatment progression pyramid. Um, our expectation is that until you start weaning a child in a really conservative, concerted way, don't we, we expect refusal. Refusal is what we think kids should be doing and are often doing in this phase. And can I jump back even a little bit further sure. to Jenny and just say for, for kids with a, a significant medical history, kids who aspirated, kids who reflexed and threw up a lot, that refusal is not only a part of development, it's a oh, part of survival. So true. You know, breathing is our first priority and safety is our second priority. Mm-hmm. So for some kids, refusing as an infant isn't actually part of development at that point. It's a safety reason. Right. Um, and then as you get older, 
then it's a part of becoming autonomous and independent and um, saying, I'm safe. I'm, I'm a person, you know, it's, it happens at different stages for different reasons. I'm so glad you mentioned that because one of the things I like to point out to people as an occupational therapist, I talk a lot about self-regulation and how we learn to, how kids learn to regulate their intake around food so that they can, you know, do that in a healthy way throughout their lifespan. Um, and you're so right that if something has a negative connotation to you, like a hot burner, or we want our kids to move away from it. And if food either doesn't feel safe because it's risky or it causes reflux, which is uncomfortable or not productive at the very least, or there's frequent vomiting or discomfort, it makes sense that a lot of times refusal is actually a skill. It's actually an adaptive way that children avoid noxious stimuli, things that hurt them or make them uncomfortable. And so I agree with you. It's it's such a it's such a huge protect it plays such a protective function. And so remembering there's so many times the refusals get called a behavior as if a behavior is naughtiness or some really negative thing, like they just won't do it. And there's often just a, a myriad of reasons why. And most of them are developmentally really reasonable. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're saying that doesn't feel safe to my body or that isn't, I'm a person and I have opinions and I'm learning my opinions yeah. and I'm learning that I am not just an extension of my parents. I am my own little person. And that's, Golly, that's toddlerhood. Yes. That's toddlers laying on the floor, rolling around for all kinds of reasons. For sure. <laughs> Becoming their own person. And food is the most common because let's face it, it is a trigger for everybody. It is. And it, gets, it, is. it makes a statement and it, it um, golly, every parent of a toddler, even parents who haven't had toddlers for many, many years could tell you, oh yeah, I remember those days. They're becoming a person now. Yeah, definitely. And one thing to add, so that kind of agency autonomy that comes with early childhood that Heidi just spoke about. And then the, the first example you used, which is kind of avoiding noxious things. But then there's a third one I don't understand is another one. I don't understand yeah. why this is important because I've been tube fed for a really long time. There just isn't, there isn't um, purpose for the, most children that have been tube fed. And so just knowing that that's normal, I worry more about kids that have negative food experiences or don't understand self-regulating kind of that they need to eat for sustenance or pleasure or, or feeling good when they just keep eating to kind of either please or they do it for no reason. I actually think that it's a really good sign when kids pump the brakes when they're tube fed and say, this doesn't feel right. I think it shows us that that's an early self-regulation sign mm-hmm. that's emerging. And, and our job as therapists and our tube weaning program is to help kids get there. And then your job as parents, of course, is to help walk them there as well. They're listening to their body. For and sure. that's what it's telling us is that they have the capability of recognizing what's happening and saying my body doesn't need this right now or I don't understand. And um, that, you know, that always is the beginning of self-regulation, I think, in what we see. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a survival skill and it's a, it's an important one. It is. It is. And so I guess I'm glad you stopped because that was a big piece that we hadn't talked about. But so then when we jump into weaning, so before the wean for tube fed kids and for every kid, refusal is normal. During the wean, refusal doesn't magically disappear. There isn't like, you know, a poof and kids stop refusing food, even when they start to get the hang of it and have been successfully eating for a while. It, um, 
I ju- we just, it's good to remember during all phases of the weans, the, the wean that we, what we just talked about, because what we find is that parents might get after we do our prep work with them or just by, on their own when we meet them, they might really embrace and understand the, the concepts that we just covered that make refusal necessary. But the, the, the wean itself makes us forget. It's hard, right? We take away the control. We take away the tube feeds. It gets a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people are like, it's not working is a really common thing. They see a child still refusing and they think, oh, either they were eating and they started refusing again, or they ate some foods, but they're not increasing their volumes very quickly. Um, we have to just help parents in our practice remember that it isn't a magic bullet, that it doesn't happen overnight, that those refusals, especially for kids that are just learning about the understanding and the safety kind of comfort part of food, it, it, they need a minute for you not to worry. And the reason it's so important for your own stress to not, not to remember, just to remember that it's not a failure. If your child's refusing, it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. Hopefully knowing that can help reduce stress for parents, but also what it does is it changes the way we interact with kids. If we can really like give ourselves a post-it note on the inside of a cupboard, if you need that reminder in the middle of a meal or, or a partner that can remind you that it's normal. If we can kind of keep bringing it back to this piece of it, this responsive child directed um, thing that considers refusal as a normal part of the process, it, it reduces the risk that you're going to engage in stressful things around your child that result in pressure. Yeah, it's an opportunity to to step back and say, why are they refusing? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the learning curve. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just don't understand yet. And, you know, we get learning curves for all kinds of things. We don't learn to play tennis overnight. We don't start mm-hmm. running marathons. We start by walking. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can look at it and say, is this learning? Or you look at it and say, gosh, did I just come in too fast? I came in from work and I was rushing and I threw the food on the table and shoved it in their face. And um, I was in a rush and didn't give them the lead up time and the space that they needed. Maybe they're not hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're not ready. Yeah, that's another yeah. big one. They they may have started the process, but it's not ready to take the full leap yet. All the way yeah. with all foods or if you're the same foods every meal. Right. Right. Or you tend to, you know, we tend to think they took one bite yesterday. They should take four bites today. Yes. And then a hamburger at the end of the week. Yeah, it's it's true. It's not a instant process, all or nothing, off or on. It's a building process Mm -hmm. that um, that isn't going to happen overnight. And being responsive means reading their cues, figuring out, is it something I need to wait it out? Is it something I need to change or do they just need time? Yeah. You know. Look at and the dynamic. Totally. And by reframing the refusal, it's it will help your child and you get to the finish line, get to a healthy and happy relationship with food that they're eating by mouth, not by tube. That you this part of it, even though it might feel that stage a little frustrating and stale, because you just gotta kind of sit on your hands and you know, there there it feels like inaction. It's the most um, powerful thing that you can do for your child. At this, at, you know, at this critical phase of getting them to become an eater, helping them become an eater. I think, and that this sounds simple, but we know it's really hard and complex. Yeah. So I think one of the future episodes next season is probably a good time to jump on 
some other steps on what you can do when they're refusing. Yes. You know, how do you read their cues? What are some things you can do based on the different things that you're saying? I think are some of the things we realize need to be talked about a little bit more because I think mm-hmm. it can be frustrating just to say, okay, so I just do nothing. Right. We can help people in an episode that we've discussed already in different scenarios with like what to do if, because mm-hmm. it is hard. And I just mentioned a couple in terms of, you know, post-it notes, partners, whatever, but it's different for every person. And so we could do some brain storming with you guys. We have another couple of episodes coming up in that next group of episodes that'll come out after this pause. Um, Some about different diagnoses and kids with different levels of developmental abilities and how that impacts um, their weaning process, how that might look different based on different situations that a child may be facing. Um, And then some, some more episodes to give you guys some really tangible strategies to use during the process. I think we'd like to throw a few more kids stories in there too. Yeah. I think I always enjoy talking to families that we've worked with in the past and hear kind of what's going on with them. That's always a fun thing too. So we'll have some more of those coming up as well next season. For sure. Well, until then, <laughs> we are so glad um, to have been with you guys today and hope that your summer gets off to a really great start despite the craziness of the last few months. And um, we'll talk to you at the next, next episode. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tube to Table podcast. Every week, we're going to share our show notes at thrivewithspectrum.com. In the show notes, you can find a summary of what we discussed and links to all the resources that we mentioned. Also, you can visit us on social media and Instagram and Facebook. We can be found at Thrive with Spectrum. And on Twitter, you can find us at Thrive with SP. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know if you have any input or any topics that you'd really like to see us address. We'll be back next week.